Welcome to Love and Loss, a podcast where we talk about the difficulties surrounding pregnancy and infant loss. It is important to know that although we may sometimes host psychologists and other mental health professionals, this show is not a substitute for therapy and or psychological treatment. We encourage all individuals and families experiencing loss to only listen as you are able. The content of this show can occasionally become triggering to those who have lost a child during pregnancy or infancy. If the substance becomes too difficult, we encourage you to turn it off. Jana Wells is a 40-year-old mother of three daughters who challenge her every day and loves every minute. She is a clergy partner. As she puts it, we both are called. Jana has experienced two miscarriages and her pregnancies were all rough. She is a homeschool mom and volunteers her time with her church choir and within the North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church as a youth leader. Today, we welcome Jana Wells to the Love and Loss podcast. Welcome, Jana. Hi. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> Jana and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, we both are youth ministers, and so we've connected that way. Um, Jana, as you know, I like to ask people, who is your mom's inspiration? Um, oh, gosh. I had to think hard about this one because um, there were so many that I could think of because um, my parents were divorced. So I had so many that raised me. Um, I guess you can say, I'll just, I'll go with a couple. Um, there was my aunt and my grandmother um, who actually helped raise me with my father. And then out of my family, there was Rachel Moser actually, believe it or not, because she helped outside along with my church mothers. You know, I watched how she raised her kids, you know, and. I talk to her a lot outside of my family, so those were my mom's inspirations. For those listening, Rachel is a um, a clergy person in the Methodist Church, and we actually call her Mama Moser because she kind of mothers a lot of yeah. us. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Well, it's it's really special too to have so many women that can inspire us like that. Um, some of us limit oh, yeah. it down to one or two, but you sound like you've had a good influence. So, Jana, um, do you want to dive right in by kind of telling us about your first pregnancy? Um, yeah, um, it was it was kind of weird because I um, actually was um, staff. We had staff retreats. For those who don't know, um, we do a thing called breakaway, and we used to go on retreats to the place that we went to do our events, and we were at. Um, our retreat at Lewisburg College and so um I ended up passing out at um the, in the dorms and I ended up in the emergency room and uh they were like so technically this heartbeat is actually like um twins so we thought we were having twins did you know you were pregnant already? Uh, we we knew we were pregnant yes yeah but um I was severely dehydrated yeah like really dehydrated. I had been in and out already for dehydration and they like told me, they said, well, if you can't keep fluids down, you're going to end up with an IV in you permanently throughout your pregnancy. Oh my gosh. So I was like, yay. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. I was already tiny as it was, you know, and I lost a lot of weight. I was like down 10 extra pounds in my first pregnancy. Eventually, I gained weight, 
mm-hmm. by the end of the pregnancy. And I had a healthy baby. I mean, she was seven pounds, nine ounces. I mean, I was, I was lucky to have a healthy baby. But she was in distress whenever I went in, you know, and so they had to induce me. But and she was like three days early, so. Yeah, um, it sounds like she gave you quite a scare during her pregnancy. Yeah. You have this beautiful, yes. perfect child. Yes, I mean, she's going to be 18 in December, so, so I mean. So that's pregnancy number one, very stressful, yes. and then you have yes. this beautiful baby. Okay, tell us about pregnancy yes. number two. Um, pregnancy number two, um, we found out I was pregnant six months um, after I had our first child. After we had Mary Kathleen, we found out we were pregnant again. I found out this one um, when we were in the mountains rehearsing for one of the cousin's weddings, I found out. I had fallen. Mm. And that's how we found out I was pregnant. So it was like really early on yeah. in the pregnancy that we had lost that baby. And how, okay, and, so how old was the baby when they passed away? Um, it was like early on in the pregnancy. I mean, it's like we were in the first trimester with that one. So Yeah, yeah. Um, usually they find out when you're like six weeks pregnant mm-hmm. that you have those long bad time periods. So it's like when they first find out that you're pregnant. That you, but my body knew I was pregnant before yeah. I was, the test told me I was pregnant. So. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, I've talked to a lot of parents who have had a healthy baby and then when they lose one, they're like, wait a minute, what's happening? I, I was really shocked. You know, I had struggles with the first one, you know, being sick all the time. But then I was like, well, I did fine with it. I had a good baby, you know, and then I lost this one. And the, and the doctor, you know, told me I had a spontaneous abortion. Yeah. That's what he called it. Yeah. You know, and that really upset me because I was like, a what? You know, yeah. And, you know, you don't tell a mother who just lost their child, oh, you had an abortion. Right. It was like, it was really scary for me. And so it was not my normal doctor. They didn't ever talk to me that way. Yeah. So. The language surrounding pregnancy loss is something yes. you never know until you're in it. And yeah. Then, and then you learn this like alphabet soup of abbreviations they use. And you, you learn that it's called a spontaneous abortion. And um, yeah. it's very hurtful when you hear those words for the first time. Yeah. And it's, it's very upsetting whenever somebody says that and you're in this emotional state. Right. And then you're like, oh, you just, and the nurse came in and said, he shouldn't have said that. I'm mm. so sorry. So she was trying to fix what he did. Right. You know, and it sticks with you forever when somebody says those words to you. Right. And this is something you just never tell a mother. No. <laughs> yeah. You just never tell somebody that. <laughs> Yeah. You focus on our words. <laughs> yeah, it can be hurtful. Um, so, yeah. so that was your second pregnancy that you lost around six weeks. So you had yes. this beautiful baby girl and then you lost your second child. And yes. um, I know the listeners are just like already <laughs> moved by your story because they know you've had multiple losses. And yes. as a mom who's lost one child, I just can't imagine. So tell me about your third pregnancy. Oh, our third, um, we kind of wanted more children and then we were not sure if we did, but then we ended up with another one. Um, our Aslan, um, we call her our special child. She, 
she wanted to come at 23 weeks. Um, I've had rough pregnancies. I did. She was just ready to be here. I was in and out of the hospital with her. They had to constantly stop my contractions. I contracted from 23, 23 weeks on until she was born. Wow. Um, she came about a week early. I missed camp because of her because she was born early. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually had to have emergency surgery at two and a half months because her bowels were twisted upon themselves. She had what they called malrotation. It constantly made her bring everything that she ate up. If we didn't have that surgery, she wouldn't be here. So we call her our special child. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting learning that she wanted to come early because knowing her now, I know that she's on time or early for everything. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She always is. She has to... She has to stick to a schedule. If it messes up, then it's like, whoo, her whole day. Always on top of things. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And and I can't imagine what it must have been like to as a mom to be caring for a toddler, have just lost your second baby, and then be going through surgery with your third. We spent four days in the hospital while she was recuperating. Justin and I stayed in the room with her. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have the support from family members watching Mary so that we can spend those days with her, I mean, it's hard to see your child hooked up to tubes and not be able to actually hold them like they need to um, and not be able to breastfeed like you need to. And so I never actually got to breastfeed Aslan, so yeah. we had to bottle feed her. Yeah, um, I did pump, so she did get the, the formula, my, my breast milk. But I didn't actually get to have that touch that she needed. So oh, that sounds um, yeah, like yeah. insult to injury. You've already been through so much, and then yeah, you're that wow. Okay, so this is baby number three, and yes. she made it to. Did you say uh, thirty nine weeks? She is. Uh, no, she didn't. She didn't. She was about a week early. Okay. Yes. Okay. All my all my children were early. So. Okay. So baby number one healthy baby number yes. two healthy with surgery very stressful for yes. or excuse me baby number yes. two passed away but your child yes. you know that you're raising number two yes. is um in surgery yes so I know you've told me that the fourth pregnancy was the most difficult of all and can you tell yes. me a little bit about that one we were um not expecting this pregnancy um uh ended up having to have a DNC with this one. Can, let's just back up. This Can is, you tell us? Yeah. This was a, an unexpected blessing of a child. Yes. And then how did you find out about this one? Like how early? Um, it was fairly early. Okay. I mean, it was like every normal person, you know, whenever you found out you're pregnant, you know, uh-huh. I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I was getting sick every morning, like normal. You know, yeah. I always got sick all the time, oh. you know, and like, oh, we're pregnant again. So guess what? Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of knew before you took um, the test. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, but we went, to, we went to the doctors and got it all verified, you know, that okay. I was pregnant. Heartbeat um, was fine. 
Yeah, heartbeat was fine. Um, we got to see that little baby on there. Oh. Got to see the heartbeat and everything. Um, then we went back. We went back to the next one to get the official, you know, heartbeat and everything. And because I went in early, because I was like considered high risk. Right. So I had more appointments than normal people would. Okay. So when I went back for our I had three ultrasounds. It was my third ultrasound we went back to. And the nurse, she went, hmm. And she said, hold on one second. And she stepped out. And I was like, I looked at Justin. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. Because <laughs> she didn't say anything. And her face changed. And how, how old was this baby at this ultrasound? Um, we were in our second trimester. <laughs> yeah, I've learned that before 20 weeks, they call a pregnancy loss a miscarriage. Yes. And after 20 weeks, they call it a stillbirth. Yeah. So. Um, so uh, it was somewhere where it was safe for us that was okay. You can announce to people that you're Yeah, pregnant. yeah. So that's another um, layer added to this. Um, and. She came back in and she did um, the vaginal mm-hmm. probe because um, she did the one up top on your belly and then they did the vaginal and she goes, I'm not hearing a heartbeat. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, just two weeks ago, I mean, literally two weeks ago, I had a heartbeat. Yeah. And now you're telling me you can't find the heartbeat. I didn't understand this. I was yeah. like, it's almost Thanksgiving, and you're telling me I don't have a heartbeat. That is so hurtful. She was like, well, let me get the doctor, and he'll come in, and we'll double check. Well, like, triple check, actually. Well, they all came in, and all doing these probing around just to check to make sure everything's okay. And they discussed with me, and they said, sometimes this happens. They don't know why it happens, but sometimes it happens. There could be something wrong with the fetus that there's just they just died that doesn't sound like, very helpful that's not that I don't understand this <laughs> and he and they measured everything they measured the fetus and all that and they said the fetus has not grown since the last time we checked it oh no and I'm like okay so he said basically you carried your fetus around for two weeks that's been dead oh <gasps> I said, I've carried a dead baby for two weeks. I mean, I don't understand. My body says I'm pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I'm still producing all these hormones that say, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm carrying a dead baby. And he's that's, like, well, that's what most women experience with this type of loss. Yeah. And I'm like, but I don't know what to do here. No, and knowing that you were carrying around your child after they had already passed away is like very beautiful and confusing, I think. It was. And my doctor was, he was very gentle with it. I mean, he was trying his hardest and the nurse was trying hard to explain what could have happened, you know, and um, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Cause I I was like, I mean, um, I understand I've lost one, but my body got rid of it. Isn't that what your body's supposed to do is get rid of something that's not unwanted, 
I guess is how you would put that, you know, or that's not supposed to be there no more. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't, I just didn't, couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head so around you, it. Yeah, you're right. Because you've experienced the loss of a child. Who, yes. Who, um, who died and naturally came out of your body. Yes. And then you're losing this one and you're like, wait a minute, why didn't I know? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I only relate with and, the second one because my child yeah. died and I didn't know. And yeah. so it was really confusing and hard for me because other women felt like proud of their bodies for, um, for allowing the baby to pass naturally. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? And I don't know if you yeah. feel the same way. I did. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe you're wrong. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just not as big as you thought it was. You know, maybe there's, maybe it's just going to have some, you know, abnormalities, you know, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I want whatever I'm given. Yeah. Because I'm going to love it no matter what. Absolutely. You know, because my heart's big enough for anything that I've been given. Yes. And I'm okay with that. And it's, and they're like, well, there's nothing there. It's just this blob sitting there. <laughs> and they're trying to show me, you know, because I know what the heartbeat looks like. Right. And there's nothing, you can literally see nothing moving. Oh. I mean, it's just sitting there. And, and they're like, well, we have two options that we can go with. And I'm like, okay. And Justin's there. He's always been there. He's never really missed any appointments. Right. Um, and he's sitting there so he can help me figure this out because I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> and he's like, and they're like, well, we can wait till after Thanksgiving and see if your body discharges it. Mm -hmm. Or we can go ahead and schedule your DNC and we can go ahead and just take the baby out. And I was like, well, can we just, can I talk with my husband for a minute and see what we need to do? And he's like, well, yes. And so they left. And I sit there and I'm talking with Justin. And I'm like, I cannot go and see my family. And I cannot go and see your family knowing that I'm carrying a baby. That's not going to be here. I said, I can't be thankful. And I said, I don't know if I can be thankful, even when it's not here no more. Right. And he's it's like, a crappy, it's a crappy, crappy holiday when your child just died. It is. And I think about that now that it, it, I still have trouble at Thanksgiving trying to be thankful. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. I mean, we all have those memories, you know, that it's hard to be thankful to think. But it's made me a better person. It's made me love better. Um, and I don't take anything for granted, especially when it comes to my children. Right. I love all the feistiness they have. <laughs> and their strong-willedness, because they are very strong-willed children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we decided to go ahead and have the surgery done. And I asked for one thing. I said, please knock me out, because I do not want to know what y'all are doing. Yeah. I said, I don't want to feel anything. And... Um, I did ask if they find out what happened, what caused it to let me know. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they assured me that they would if they can find out. 
Um, but they never did. They didn't know what actually caused. They couldn't find any answers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have closure on that, but you know, it's okay. But I, um, but we did, um, we did have a ceremony um, thanks to my, my pastor and my church. Well, it was just a private ceremony. We didn't have anybody from the church there. We wanted a private ceremony thanks to my pastor. We did bury the name of the baby because we did name our baby. And did you, were you able to um, find out if this was a boy or a girl? Um, we didn't really, but um, deep in my heart, we really felt, I, well, I really felt, because sometimes you have some sense that you know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, I feel I thought that we were having a little boy. Yeah. But um, every dream I had, it was a little boy. Yeah. Um, but we never found out any gender of our babies because we right. want, we. But we did ne- we did bury the name. Um, the baby's name was Austin Robertson Wells. Austin we, Robertson. My maid, Robertson. It was oh. my maiden name. Beautiful. What's, his, what's the middle name? Um, we use family names for it. Um, so we did bury that name. So we did have some closure for that one since it was so far along on that. Yeah. Um, that's how we, that's how we, we decided to honor that baby. So I love, I love that idea to bury the name. Like, I just think that's such a beautiful way to honor your kid. Um, and admittedly, whenever my child died, we did a little ceremony much like you. Um, and we didn't do any burials, but I've heard of a lot of families doing these. Um, and I hear a lot of families doing like maybe burying things that pass through their body, um, to bury, you know, their child and just having really special ceremonies, but burying the name, I think is incredibly beautiful. Um, it's just so so unique. Yeah. That's a really special thing to do. Austin Robertson. Yeah. Special baby. Um, it's also amazing how moms kind of know what their kid is, you know, sometimes. Um, I didn't actually know with my first child, if it was a boy or a girl, (laughs) we kind of decided not to gender our first kid that passed away. Um, but the second one, I knew it was a boy. I don't know why <laughs> I knew before we went to the, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how moms know those things. It's, yeah. You t- with our, with our girls, I was like, Oh, I hope this is this. I hope this is this, you yeah. know, but I, you know, the back of your mind is like, no, I'm going to have a girl again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So you've done this beautiful ceremony to honor Austin Robertson. And um, how did you channel your grief of Austin? Because I know that like your grief of the first baby you lost was different. It was a different form yeah. of grief. Yeah. So tell me about Austin and how you channeled. Well, it took about five years. <laughs> yeah. Really and truly, I was, um, I was in a dark place. Um, mentally I was in a dark place I was not I was not really there I guess you can say um but with the help of our home church and family and my husband you know and some really great friends in the conference just talking to people you know 
because you know your friends can tell if you're not really yes. in a a good are you doing good are you really doing good you know just talking with people and having lots of people praying for me mm-hmm. you know saying I'm not doing so well you know yeah being honest about that um, I'm not well yes yeah um just having a really good community really and having people to talk to but I didn't have somebody you know at the time when I went through it there was no my doctors didn't tell me hey here's somebody you can go talk to yeah you know there was no I didn't know of anybody I didn't know you can go to a therapist right to talk to people <laughs> that's terrible um, you had no one to lean on no, I mean you had fa- friends no. and family but no professional yeah wow yeah so I was working through all this pretty much by myself and I've I have a lot of, um, I do a lot of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to sing. And so I usually go out and sing. Uh, when I feel bad, I go out and sing. Um, I just like to, a lot of meditation and music. I guess meditation. you can say a lot of prayers. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, I can definitely yeah. tell but by talking to you. I always ask, <laughs> I always ask parents, like, how did you channel your grief and how did faith play a role? And it sounds like faith is how you channeled your grief, right? Yes. They were hand in hand for <laughs> Oh, yes. It, it, was, it, it, played a, it played a big deal in it, you know, because if, if I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be. I mean, I'd probably have, you know, somebody probably would have taken my kids away. <laughs> yeah. I'd be really and truly where I was at, or I probably wouldn't have been here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's how bad I was. Yeah. It takes a very brave person to say that out loud. Jenna, I really admire you. And, and to say it took at least five years. Yeah. I think, I think our listeners need to hear that, you know, um, because we keep saying like, oh, it gets better. I don't know. No. It gets different. <laughs> it gets different. It does. It but does. you always miss your baby. You always miss your baby. I just, I just really admire you being so honest about the time frame too. Um, and I just hate that when that happened to you, you weren't given, you know, a therapist or treatment. Um, you kind of, it sounds like you were thrown to be on your own. Oh yeah. Well, you just don't know. You don't know if there's, and also I was a very, believe it or not, I was a shy person. I don't believe that at all (laughs) I was I I didn't talk a lot um it took that it took a long time to advocate for myself as well and that's the thing you need to advocate for yourself um that's good that's good advice for our listeners to advocate for yourself yeah please it's your body yeah your mental health that you're working with you need to say hey I'm not right there's something wrong yeah I need some help and it's okay to do that. You yeah. need to have that for yourself. You don't need to, you know, get into that bad place, you know. Yeah. Especially if you have others that are watching you. Right. So. Well, so you, you weren't given these opportunities that a lot of moms are given now. Like, um, I, I feel like mental health is talked about more now. And so I was able to go to a therapist when I lost my child. I was not well at all. And everybody knew it. Um, (laughs) And 
and yet I had professional help. So just my heart goes out to all the moms and dads and parents who lost their kids before we talked about this stuff. Um, oh yeah. And so you had to channel your grief through your kind of grappling. And so you use song and um, mm-hmm. singing, you use meditation, you use prayer. And truly those are beautiful ways to channel your grief. Um, although we know that therapy is a good way to kind of um, compress some things and uh, have yeah. a more systematic way of, of handling these things. Yeah. That is so, so hard. Is there any other ways like continuing on in your journey that you have been able to honor Austin Robertson? At the new church we're at, um, there's a, a grandmother here who has a daughter who's going through similar things that I have. Mm. And I've been talking with her. So just spreading what I know and what yeah. I've been through and letting her know, hey, you're not alone. That's huge. And just that that there are people out there who have been through what you're going through and just letting people, I'm, I'm available to have a shoulder to cry on or just that ear to listen to. Right. You know, and it sounds like you're giving her what you wish you had. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I had somebody who was just really willing to sit there and just let me cry, you know, not just give me advice. Right. You know, just to get over it. <laughs> I mean, I think I probably would have been a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. You know, and- oh, that drives me crazy. Tell- someone tells me to get over it. Someone told me that during my yeah. loss. And I, I think my eyes got so big and I wanted to <laughs> hurt them. I, yeah, yeah, you don't get over it. But some, you're right. So you need someone to sit there and let you cry. Um, oh, yeah. Someone told me, and I've shared this in podcasts in the past, someone told me the only way to journey through your grief is to feel it. Yeah. And um, I mean, that can be interpreted a myriad of ways, but I took it to know, to mean like, keep crying. This is your baby. Oh yeah. Keep crying. I, I mean, I still do. Yep. I mean, I can tell you how old my babies would be if they were wow. still how living. Old? Can you tell us now? He'll be about 17 now. Wow. Um, so you went on to have a fifth pregnancy after losing yeah. Austin. So mm-hmm. how much space did, um, did you end up giving in between those children, in between losing Austin and having your last child? Almost. There's two years difference between Aslan and Daphne. So you waited a um, while. We waited. We yeah. waited. My, um, it was uh, an agreement between Justin and me. We just couldn't. I, I had to wait. Mm-hmm. My body just couldn't. My, my, mental, my mentality and my body was like, I just can't right now. Yeah. And he was the same way. Justin was affected just as bad as I was. And he was like, we have, to, we just can't do it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Dad's grief too. I, it's so sad that we don't yeah. give them as much um, credit as they deserve, but dad's hurt. Dad's hurt bad. Yeah. yeah. And so we, I mean, just talking about it, we're like, let's just wait a little bit. I mean, and we were like, yeah, maybe we want to try. And then, ah, oh, look, we have a little surprise. We were so excited. Oh. <laughs> we're excited about it, you know? And Wow. Tell me about... <laughs> 
you, you eventually decided like, okay, we do want to raise a third child. And, um, did you feel any like fear going into that or? I was so stressed out. Yeah. I was so scared. I was going to lose her. Right. The Aslan was in preschool and I fell down those steps (gasps) out of the preschool building. Yeah. And I had one of my friends with me and I called the doctor's office. I called Justin and we went and we had an ultrasound done just to make sure Good. <laughs> that everything was okay Good. with that pregnancy. And they were like, okay, well, we need to put you on bed rest. <laughs> and so I was, I was allowed to take my child to preschool yeah. and I was allowed to get her and bring her home. And I was so sad because I didn't get to give the attention to Aslan. Because you're grieving the loss of Austin and you're pregnant and you're scared. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so it was um, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought, That's I was like, I'm so scared. I'm going to lose this baby. And then, you know, what was, yeah. What was it like when you got to the point with your youngest daughter, um, where, when, um, when Austin died, like that same um, gestational age. I just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. Yeah. When it came time for that ultrasound, I was like, okay, are you sure there's a heartbeat there? That is the heartbeat, right? That is the heartbeat, right? Yeah. And they're like, that's the heartbeat. You're good. That's the heartbeat. And when it came time for the next appointment, that's the heartbeat, right? That's the heartbeat, right? (laughs) What I'm feeling is those kicks, right? That's the, that's everything, right? You know, and because with the other two that I had, um, the miscarriages with I had dreams that I flushed them down the toilet and I know that's really bad to say but I had dreams that I flushed them before mm. I miscarried those babies oh. I didn't have dreams with this one so I'm like okay I think I'm okay yeah. you know but you still have those fears that you're going to lose that child yes and that's part of the post-traumatic stress and so yes Yeah. Well, because what you've experienced, not only with multiple losses, but with children and pregnancies that were very stressful, um, and not run of the mill is, is you don't know what's going to happen. So after I had Daphne, I told them, I was like, I can't have no more. And I was only in my twenties. I was, you know, I was about 25 when I had Daphne, if I remember correctly. I was like, I can't have no more. I cannot do this no more. Yeah. This was a pattern I was having my next one. It was, I was either, it was going to be dead mm. or something. I was like, I can't do this no more. I, I cannot have no more babies. Well, that's and a, so, yeah, that's kind of how um, my spouse and I felt. Um, after losing our first one, we're like, do we want to, why would we have another kid again if it could die? Yeah. 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 It's very scary. And I, and I mean, some parents that I talk to after they lose a child in pregnancy are like, okay, when can we have another one? Um, and I'm, I'm so amazed by them because I felt the complete opposite. Like, yeah, how long can we wait? <laughs> oh yeah. It is, it is. I felt really bad about that though. <laughs> Did you? Am I, a, am I a bad person for saying no. I don't want to no, any no, more kids? No. James and I thought we would stop after our first child died in the first trimester, we really thought like, okay, yeah. this is our kid. Um, and it was interesting cause a lot of people, uh, would say things like, um, get back on the horse, try again. Yeah. Say these things that were not yes. fair. I'm like, okay, 
what did you do when your baby died? And they're like, oh, I didn't lose any. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we yeah. had people ask, oh, you got girls. Are you going to try for that boy? Um, no. No, because we already We're have done. one. <laughs> I saw somewhere where <clears throat> on, on Facebook or something where somebody said reproduction is not small talk because you don't know what families are experiencing. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, I just can't, I can't handle when somebody tells me, well, it's happened for a reason. No. That is the biggest thing that bugs the mess out of me. It does not happen for a reason. It just, no. Yeah. Jana, no, you are God had a plan for that. God never has a plan for taking your child. He does not punish people by taking their kid. No. Just don't ever say that. Sorry. Just don't ever say that to a person. It is not right. It is I not love, right. Yeah. I love your passion for that. <laughs> and you must be reading my mind because I was about to ask, okay, what what cliche phrase really gets you? And you went in, girl. I love that. So <laughs> Yeah, right. God does not have a plan um, to to take your children from you. That doesn't make no. any sense at all. No, no, and it did not happen for a reason. Um, thing we talk about in this podcast is if you don't know what to say, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> That's one option is to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> and the other is yeah. uh, the the other thing is um, you can also just listen right? You don't have to offer these yes. phrases because um, they can be very hurtful to parents. Lots of times, and I know especially for me, just having somebody listening mm -hmm. was all that I ever needed was somebody just to be there to listen. Yeah. I just love that you're, you're able to speak to these cliche phrase that are, phrases that are hurtful and you're able to honor Austin by listening to other moms. Um, I think that's just an incredibly beautiful way that you've chose to parent and continue to parent your child that passed away. Jana, thank you so much for being so honest and truthful and vulnerable with your story. Um, you speak to a lot of parents who have lost kids 17 years ago, and you still have just this beautiful love. Um, for those babies. And, um, I'm just, I'm just so thankful that you were able to share your story.